the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. joining us tonight folks ready for a brand new bible live program we're looking at the book of leviticus tonight all things leviticus uh that's going to be interesting to us what does leviticus mean jacob well leviticus is what the romans ended up in latin's named it it's actually vaikar okay uh, in hebrew which means it comes from the first couple words every here's the key uh every chapter every portion every every uh, book actually is named for the first couple of main words in the first in the first sentence i see so it's vaikra and and it starts off by what was that i'm getting a high pitch sound i know what it is my headphones are getting too close to the mic yeah, and it's keep coming your, through keep and your headphones whistling. away from that mic <laughs> okay i will no it says so it leviticus begins with the word he called to moses uh-huh ah. The Lord called to Moses. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, he called Moses as Vaikra. Okay. He calls to Moses. Now, when they, uh, the people who are translating. I thought Moses was Moshe or something. Moshe. Like Moshe. So wouldn't that be a part of the book? Or is it just he calls? Uh, well, no. Actually, he, uh, uh, he calls. Yeah. He okay. called to yeah, Moses. Okay. But, and I think this is only the third time that he calls Moses. I think the first time is on Mount Sinai, then there's a second time, then I think this is the third. And I think he emailed him after that, or he, texted him one day. Yeah, he, he may have. <laughs> yeah, I know he downloaded the Ten Commandments. Moses. I remember, I remember. Uh, <laughs> I saw the movie. Well, we are in the uh, house. We're looking at the book of Leviticus tonight, and, it, and it's interesting. I, it, I was telling Jacob I had an individual last week tell Not me I, an anything individual. but the book of Leviticus. I, it, well, that's just so boring. That's just so. And I, I mentioned that to you, and you said, oh, it's because he didn't understand. If he only understood the depths of it. And the, the, so, anyway, help, you're going to have to well, help may, us tonight. May I bit. say something? Yes, you may. All right, here's the catch. Uh, I know next week I will not be here, uh-huh. but you'll be doing your Christmas show. Right. And you can do it without benefit of me. Because next week, this coming week, we oh. start in our reading program, we start uh, our reading schedule, the Gospel of Matthew. Ma- uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And, then we, and we start there with the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. Oh. Okay. So you'll be doing your Christmas. Now, 
I, I realized, and I was getting ready for this evening, I realized something. If you feel, and this is absolutely fine, if you're very secure and you're good with Jesus, you know, of being born and dying for your sins, yeah. perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. Now, that's good. But if you, as I saw, like me sticking my car into the, my key into the ignition, I turn the car on, all I got to know is the car starts. But if I want to know details on how what makes the car run. The internal combustion in engine, yeah, if and I the ignition know that, system, then and there all are that. people that need to know that or mm-hmm. want to know that. Mm-hmm. So if um, somebody wants to understand exactly what Jesus was doing when he died for your sins, then Leviticus is the key, pardon the pun, to understand. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well, we're going to count on you tonight. Fill us in and, and help us to understand well, more deeply than perhaps we ever have before. Well, Leviticus, there's no doubt. What it's, Jesus it's did. Probably. It's meant okay. to go for the priest. Okay. But. Uh, that's the name Le- Levi, Leviticus, right? The, the idea is. Well, that's where they got it from, yes, mm-hmm. sir. Uh, however, I got that's from the tribe of Levi. Levi. So here's the deal. Um, if the priest, uh, they had to know how to practice this. It's sort of like getting a driver's license. One thing to pass it on paper, but you've got to be able to do it. So they knew this is really meant for the instructions of the priest. However, what's fascinating is that the people themselves are taught so they can look at what the priests are doing and determine, are the priests doing this? And understanding it, because uh, in some ways, we talked about this a little bit last week, is that uh, we have a concept, New Testament concept, that's called the priesthood of the believer. And and so, you know, in a sense, we as, as God's people now serve a function of a, a, a type of priesthood in that we represent God to people when we pray for people and intercede for them. And also, as we share God's word and the message of, of redemption with people, we are representing God to people. So we have a role of uh, a, a mediator type role, in, in, in a type of priesthood at least. So the thing I wanted to ask you about uh, Levitical. Now, now, the book of Leviticus, as I understand it, the, the general theme as I have been taught from the book of Leviticus, is is um, holiness, God's holiness. That because, of the, for example, the sacrifice, the sacrifices, the sacrificial system, the everything, the the the, the commandments that were given for the priests and for their preparation and for their dedication, uh, and in the commandments that we, we've just seen from the book of uh, Exodus with the with the um, tabernacle. We've seen instructions that were given for the different uh, worship, the instructions for rightly worshiping God and, and, and praising Him, and, and you know just experiencing God's presence in the camp and uh, uh, individuals as well. So worship, it was a, is a central theme, and then and then Leviticus, the idea is that God's holiness, meaning His His um, the word holy means set apart, unique, uh, unlike any other. Uh, and, and in all of his attributes and all of his ways, God is uh, he is pure and holy, the, the, the idea. So, um, so that our worship should reflect that reverence and that respect for well, a holy God. Well, this is really God. meant for the priest. Mm-hmm. So the priests are making atonement. Right. 
So, but, and, uh, and there's going to be a very interesting question, which I'm going to satisfactorily answer to your curiosity. All right. I hope. I hope. Good, good, good. But I am going to present an interesting question. Maybe we should present, start off with that question. Yeah, let's do that. Go ahead. Which Here's one is the it? interesting question. What's the question? The question is this. Uh, before I say this, I do want to say, because we're starting on Chapter 2. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If we start off on Chapter 1, I want to point out that in Chapter 1, it says, uh, say in verse uh, verse 3, uh, Chapter 1, 3, I just want to say that this is a, these are voluntary offerings. Okay. They're not required. Okay? Yes. But they're okay. voluntary. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's voluntary to offer the animal, and we're going to see in a couple of different sentences that there's a couple of things going on that a person has to make the individual assessment they have sinned. Now, here's the question. If this was in place, and if this did, when a person made their own personal assessment, I have sinned. Uh-huh. I have sinned. Uh, and then as a form of a physical uh, ex- example, a symbolism, I'm offering the animal. The animal becomes basically my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've offered my body as a symbol. But first there's a decision you have to make and accept that you have sinned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's a system in place where God forgave the sins... Why would there have to be in the future a Messiah that would die for your sins? Because there's already a satisfactory place here that took care of all the sin. I get it. Okay. Okay, that's the question. That's the question. So isn't it fascinating? Here's an example where the sins are, clearly he says several places, he says, and your sin is forgiven. Yeah. If Mm -hmm. it's in place. Yes. Why? Would it be necessary to come up with another one, a Messiah from the uh, New Testament point of view, that dies for your sins if you already have a place in place okay. that uh, that takes care of this? That's an interesting question, isn't mm-hmm, it? It is. I, let's leave it hanging out there and see if somebody wants to address it. Okay. Uh, now, you were looking at uh, the first couple of verses, and then he talks about present an animal as an offering to the Lord. You may take it from your herd. Uh, and so on. And it says, if the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects, without blemish, without spot, as we're told in other places. Uh, you bring the animal to the entrance of the tabernacle, and the priest will lay his hand on the animal's head, and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. Then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priest, will present the animal's blood by splattering against all sides of the altar that stands at the entrance of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Remember, we talk about the brazen altar the, that was there. Uh, that's so, a brazen thing to say. That's a very brazen. Uh, yeah, and... and, and I want to kind of get this as real as we can. Sure. This is basically to say that the the Israelites camp when they uh, the 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 tabernacle is situated is located in the very middle of the camp, and the tribes are arranged in a specific order in the way they march and the way they travel around the tabernacle. Remember, the tabernacle is the little tent is I think thirty by thirty. Uh, but the feet and the the uh, um, 
the fence around which is the outer boundaries of the tabernacle, is uh, 25 by 50 yards, and that is about the size of a fourth of a football field, 25 yards across and, and 50 yards long. And the tent is within in, in that within the, uh, the fence. Now, um, there's a brazen altar, and it to kind of paint, I guess it pretty much smelled like a, a barbecue pit. Uh, Pretty much I, every day, right? I think God like barbecue. I guess so. But what we have to remember now, all of these all of these sacrifices, you yourself mentioned the word symbolic, and, and they are. They are not themselves. We're told later on in the New Testament that, would, that it's not the, the blood of bulls and goats that ever actually forgives sin. But it is... Mm-hmm. It is Symbolic or representative of a repentant heart, someone who repents of sin, who who acknowledges his sin, and and this is that what they do to um, to express that repentance and that that desire for forgiveness, and the lamb or the goat or the bull is a is a a picture of well the the, the for one the the. Mm, the price of sin, that sin is destructive, that sin uh, destroys, that sin robs of life. And, and so that for one, it's about the seriousness of sin. Uh, I remember even in, in the Garden of Eden, remember when Adam and Eve sinned, that in, a, in, a, in order to cover their, their nakedness and their shame, um, they tried to use uh, fig leaves, but God intervened in they had to see an animal. An animal had to die. An animal was slain, and they were covered with the skins of that animal. In other words, from the very beginning, the idea is that sin has a price. It has a consequence, and that is without the soul that sins, it shall die. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Uh, the wages of sin is death, and so on. So part of that is a seriousness, I think. But also, apart from that, this had a practical Application, I think, Jacob. It, it did, and and I almost feel bad emphasizing, but it. But I'm not sure we should be embarrassed. No, no, no. It also was for the feeding of of the priests of and their That's families. They, they use this, these. Uh, um, not all of them. They, I mean, they had strict instructions about how to use the, the uh, sacrifices and the offerings that were given, but these also helped to provide food, uh, sustenance for the uh, priests and their wives and their children. Remember, the Levites did not have a; they did not receive a, a portion of the land, an allotment of land when they went into Canaan, into they, they could, the Promised they could Land. They could own a home in the city, right? But they had, and they could pasture their sheep around Bethlehem, actually. Right. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't own a parcel of land. That's correct. But as a tribe, they were not. As a allotted. Tribe, they were not allotted. They could only have a home. And so the people helped sustain they them through that. their offerings yeah. and through their, their uh, sacrifices here, helped provide for the those of the uh, the Levites of Good. that clan. Now, it says um, it must be a male, no defects, uh, bring it to the tabernacle, your head your hand on the animal's head, and the Lord will accept his death in your place. There was a there was a process there that was given. Uh so, uh, and there are other, the, there's a burnt offering to make payment for sins in general, and that's what we're talking about in that verse, right? The burnt offering? Some of these rules Voluntary. Apply, uh, 
Well, yeah. Well, some of these rules apply across the board. Okay. And but then it gets particular as we get into chapter six and chapter seven. The the grain offerings. Now you had the burnt offering, the grain offering. There was a peace offering, uh, the sin offering. And the guilt offering. And you're going to help us understand these, well, I hope. Yeah, you don't have to know how to build the car, but I will help you be able to tell okay. uh, how to start it. The significance. Uh, now, the burnt offering, there were three of them, I think, that are voluntary By the and way, two are required. Historically, you might like to know. This is mm-hmm. one of the books that the Jewish children begin studying first. Is that right? And because it's complicated. And then after they go back and go through all the Bible and Genesis, they come back and they go back to it and say, oh, gee, you know, this wasn't so hard. I got the idea of this. Okay. Well, there we have it. That's generally the overview. Now, within the book, uh, there, there are these different offerings that we can come to understand that will, as you say, will help us understand what Jesus did for us as right. as we understand him to be the Messiah, the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist said, the, the baptizer said, behold the Lamb of God, it takes away the sin of the world. So he, right. uh, in other words, these these offerings are in some way a picture of the 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 work that God would accomplish through Messiah, through well, and, the and Savior. And that really brings us back to the question, uh-huh. if I have a system in place, why do I need some another system to come along? There's a very good answer, but I'm waiting to see if somebody's got it. Okay, yeah. Our phone number is 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. Now, this clearly was a bona fide, validated way in which people could express uh, their faith in God and their in His forgiveness, His grace. They were they did experience real forgiveness, but uh, uh, then why was a, a, a later sacrifice, the Messiah we talk about in, in the New Testament? Why was that necessary if this this other accomplished the the uh, goal of of uh, repentance and forgiveness? So let, let someone else voice that. Yeah, let's see, what they come let's up see if with. our we'll listeners come up the, with an answer. Uh, They'll try to answer the question perhaps in the last half hour if somebody has something to offer. Mm-hmm. Or if they call in and they want to discuss it, we can do it that way. Yeah, okay. Then then let's uh, – once we have that, I'm looking for someone. There are other, there are other things besides the offerings, and, and we'll look at those in detail, more detail. But there is also a restitution from damages that are spoken of. Um, and we have this intriguing story of um, – these two young uh, priests, they're Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, Abihu, or I don't know how you'd say that, but uh, they are actually um, destroyed for what it says, burning a different kind of fire than what God had commanded. So we can talk about that in a very interesting detail that you just pointed out to me. Uh, they were burned. They were burned up, but their clothes were not, which is a very—I had never noticed that particular detail. Well, it's because they were not being kosher in their actions. But the clothes they were wearing was described by God on how to make them, and they were made appropriately. So the clothes were still kosher or holy, (laughs) but they were not. So whatever they got right remained, but uh, the place where they they disobeyed— Somebody made it. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, got it. 
Well, that's a very interesting detail. And then we have this all of these things about uh, kosher food that that's, that's in that particular section. And the reason that follows immediately afterwards, where suddenly, this is kind of how you have to read Jewish literature. Uh-huh. You got the story about the two boys, uh-huh. Mos- Aaron's sons. They die. Well, that's pretty depressing. But then immediately we go into this section about kosher animals. So he's making the distinction he's telling us by the story structure that they were not acting kosher. But the animals, here's the distinction. So you can make a difference between what's kosher and what is not. So it follows immediately afterwards. Yeah. I, I, there's another question I'd like to put out to folks to give yeah. you a chance to call in and answer. Yeah. Is um, Oh, <laughs> It had to do with kosher with the animals. All of a sudden, it went right out of my brain uh, as we were talking about kosher animals and so on. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with another one. Maybe I should just ask what two types, general classes of animals that were considered to be kosher, that were uh, able, that were all right for the people to eat, and other animals were not. And, and uh, I noticed that among the insects, you could eat a certain kind of insect, but there are other insects you couldn't have. A, I, I want to tell you that, folks, so you'll know in case you were going to have a uh, a bowl of insects tonight for supper, you're going well, to know which uh, ones are acceptable. That's right. <laughs> now you bring up the question. I don't know if this is where you're headed. I, I was jokingly talking about eating uh, insects, but well, okay. That, and that, yeah, but there is one that is allowed. Oh yeah, I know the one, and I, there are, there's are several of this type, right? That there's a hundred. Okay, but you have to know which one. <laughs> I find that so funny. I would have no problem with that because I'm just not sure I could eat insects. Maybe they maybe they're well, this better one than is I not, think. Not a little tiny thing like you're used to. Uh-huh. This is like a more the size like a. Um, more like a hot Small dog. bird, maybe? You can break open the hot dog and eat, eat the... So it's a larger thing. I see. Okay, okay, okay. Well, there would we you have... like to know, where does that occur? Who's doing that? What? Making the rules about insects no, or eating insects? Who, who's eating that thing you're talking about? Come on, Soapy, you're on the line here. Would that be the priests? No. No? In the New Testament. Oh, in the... Oh, John? John. Now, why is it important that we're told that he's eating, what is he eating, honey and? Uh, yeah, come uh, on, Toby, come uh, on, come uh, on, come uh, on, come uh, on. Uh, uh, this is over on your side of the Bible. Honey, oh, I know, I know, I, it's just not coming to my brain right now. He's eating honey and what? Um, beans, some kind of uh, some kind of leaves. This is locusts. Locusts, yes. And Honey. Honey, okay. I knew you were going to say that. I, I apologize for interrupting. So the locust, okay. But the locust is, is not really <laughs> He's locust. so gracious. Okay. But, uh, but my point is this. Now, why is that important that we're told that about John the Baptist? That he ate locusts. Yes. And, why and, are we honey, told? and honey. And honey. Well, it's both of those. something right are, here takes place Honey is also kosher. But it is. But this takes place in Leviticus, so you can understand what in the world is going on. Well, let's leave that question out there too, so that I, I'd love for I'd love to see how many of our listeners have a thought about this. Why? So why is that mentioned in the New Testament that John the Baptist? <clears throat> we know he had a special clothing and made a real 
unusual fashion statement. He, actually, what he was wearing was Elijah's prayer shawl, if you want to know. Okay. So we have that, that, that fashion statement he's making. But also he uh, uh, ate uh, what they call uh, honey and locusts. I've heard that that meant something about the, the idea of locusts meant some kind of leaf, but I'm not sure of that. I don't know where you got that, but okay. we're going to leave that alone because it's so wrong it'd be embarrassing for me to correct. Okay, all right. The, so anyway, folks, if you know, why is John the Baptist mentioned as eating honey and locusts? And it's in Leviticus. As it relates to Leviticus, and, exactly. And Jesus dying on the cross for sins, you can know that he did it, and if that's good for you, then that's all you need to know, and you're, you're secure, uh-huh. you feel good, that's perfect. Let it go at that. But if you want to know, if you, if, if, if you just got to know what time it is, then we can tell you what time it is. But if you want to know how to build a clock, Leviticus is going to tell you what Jesus was doing on the cross. <laughs> okay. And I would like you to answer the question about how were people forgiven? They were truly, genuinely forgiven of their sin through this Old Testament uh, procedure. So how does that relate okay, first, to the Messiah? First, well, first of all, we've got to understand. Uh, and I know this is, and I, you know, I debate this uh, by myself all uh-huh. the time. Oh, you debate with yourself. I do. Oh, and I, I'd love and it's to easy that. because I always win. <laughs> but yes. what I'm saying is, so I, I say, is it necessary for people to know this, or do we just go on with it and skip over it? Do the light fantastic. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at start at chapter 4. Okay, chapter 4. That would be in... Leviticus. With the big number four in front of it, yeah. Ah. I'm fascinated to see what your Bible holiday translated verse one. Or verse verse one and two actually. Okay. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. This is how you are to deal with those who sin unintentionally by doing anything that violates one of God's commands. Now, let's stop and look what the Bible Leviticus said sin is. Let's do that right after the break. There's music. What do you think? There's music. There it is. I think it's music. I heard somebody. Is that John over there? Uh... All right. He prays on Christmas. Well, that's that's like some folks who go to church on Christmas, right? That's better than nothing, <laughs> that's right? That's a, a, you great bet. Star. a great well, start. Well, folks, there you have it. That's our first segment. We kind of set up the uh, meal for this evening as we get into the scriptures. We're going to talk about the book of Leviticus. I hope you'll stay with us and give us a call. We'd love to have your participation talking about these offerings, talking about uh, forgiveness and cleansing, and as it relates to uh, the New Testament and, and the coming of Jesus of Nazareth. How does that relate to to our faith and understanding today, today of being forgiven and cleansed. All right? Give us a call, 210-340-9585, and we'll be back. Don't go, don't go away. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. 
Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back, getting in the mood and getting that Christmas spirit going. I hope you are, you and your family are, are already well along the way and celebrating and rejoicing. This is a great season of the year. The, the, the lights, the colors, the uh, people tend to be seem to be a little friendlier, and and maybe not we're not pushing Actually, and shopping so much. Actually, it's the only time so of the much. year that I like going shopping. Is that right? Yes. You know why? Because everybody else is online, and you're no, the only one out I there. I like going shopping because I like seeing the happy people. I go down to the North Star Mall, and everybody's yeah. happy and and festive, and people tend to be nicer. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And that's the only space. time I intend I like to go shopping because I enjoy the friendliness of people. Yeah. In fact, would you like to hear a joke? Yes. Okay. You know what the, the Jews do at the North Star Mall? Oh, boy, I could think of something, but I'd be trying to okay. create my own They stand joke. by their cash register, and as they ring up the sales, they sing, Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's uh, I can understand that there is a commercial side to this thing. We always well, look like at it that way. Every, All right, everything is you think is advertising or gift like the uh-huh. charities. Mm-hmm. You got to pay for that. Uh-huh. That's all airtime. Somebody's got to pay well, the somebody bill. Somebody does. So if exactly. I make a hundred dollar donation, somebody's paying for the airtime to make those donations to these charities. But. You know, I just think there should be some disclosure on that. All right, all right. Hey, leave that alone. That's too close to business. <laughs> too close yeah. to home, I guess. Uh, well, no, let's get back to Leviticus. Right, let's go back. So I'm only interested says, if it's sin, all right? Yeah, so here's the catch. <laughs> okay, Don't here's worry, the catch. I'm going to clear this up, and it'll come out to a happy acceptance at the end. Okay, wonderful. Uh, now, what it says is, so God said to Moses, spoke to Moses, speak to the children of Israel, saying... You've seen some Bibles that'll say, like the old King James, will say, spoke and then sang. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you know why it says that? That's ac- actually accurate. He's spoken to him, saying. Sp- uh-huh. It's not like the old King James that has that. It'll say, God said, saying. Do you okay. know why, what no. that means? Is, Tell me why. Because when God said it, that's, he said it. But when he used the word saying s- sequentially after the word said, that means repeated to others. Ah, excellent. That's okay. what that means. I like that. Okay. Makes so sense says, to me. When a person will sin unintentionally from among the commandments of God that may not be done and commits one of them. Okay, you're now, reading from your direct translation. I here. am. This is straight from the Chapter Hebrew. 4, verses 3 and 4, right? That, that uh, I was doing 2 and uh, yes. Yeah, okay, verse 2. Verse okay. Two. Unintentional sin. Uh huh. Okay, so here's the catch. Okay. As we'll discover shortly, lambs, little lambsy divies, mm-hmm. uh, they're only available for use for one thing, for unintentional. 
Do you know when Jesus was on the cross? Yes. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know. They, that's right. He did not done. say, forgive them. They know what they're doing. If he said that, then everybody would say, well, I don't know who he was, but he sure was not the Lamb of God because he got it wrong. Uh -huh. But he said it correctly. He said, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. Interesting, isn't it? It is very interesting because we only take that, I think, uh -huh. Us by uh, I say we in the sense of our general sort of a Gentile uh, you know American understanding you of the stop, scripture. You gotta you gotta stop that. The, no, no, it is true Gentiles though. Gentiles are not stupid. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not saying we are, and, and of course we're not. I'm a genius, but no. but what I'm trying to say is that you know we just have this book in English and it we read it and we don't nearly connect. We don't. Connect all the dots as well as you guys do because you've been dealing yeah, with these things so much had, longer. What, you've only had 2,000 years? Yeah, that? yeah, I know. But we don't really connect with necessarily what Jesus' words on the cross with uh, an Old Testament passage that talks about that well, has to be an uh, unintentional sin. The lambs are used for sin. Mm -hmm. Sin, here's the definition. There's two requirements, two uh -huh. requirements, two requirements. Uh -huh. One, it has to be unintentional. Two, it has to be of something God said not to do. Uh -huh. It doesn't say it's something that you you did and you failed to do. It says something he said do not do. Doing anything that violates one of uh, God's commands that, right. that we're not to so do. So it has to be unintentional and doing something that God said not, not to do. do. Okay. Let's suppose he said, honor your mom and dad. doesn't say you love them. It says you have to honor them. And you don't. Well, and uh, you think, well, I, I, I didn't do that. But I, I didn't think about it. I didn't think honoring was maybe feeding them, maybe helping them if they're cold, maybe doing something for them. So I didn't know that's what that meant. So I didn't do it, and he said you should do it. So you did it unintentionally, and you didn't realize that you were violating something he said that you shall not do. So that is not the sin offering that we're talking about right now oh, then because yes, you did this, not this know is the sin oh this is unintentional so right so so then at some time or other you become aware of the fact that it was wrong true ah uh, two things okay you are so close it's, it's because i sin a whole lot yeah, well, you shine like gold <laughs> i'm pretty much an expert uh, on this okay, sinning so, thing now there's unintent i want to stress something uh -huh. none none of these offerings none of them are offered for intentional sins. None. There is no offerings here for intentional sins. Okay? Ooh. Uh, yes. That's a little scary. Well, it should be. Because what it requires is, is your personal repentance for the intentional stuff and restitution. So, you personally repent. Now, if you didn't know, let me give you an example. If you didn't know that it was wrong to commit adultery, uh -huh. And you did it. Well, you did something intentional, but you didn't know it was wrong. So therefore, or if I steal, suppose I stole something from you, and I've been raised in a culture where stealing's okay. I don't think, well, what did I do wrong? I didn't know it was wrong. Then it's a sin because it was unintentional. I did not mean to do it, but I did it. But, and okay, God says, I gotta, you shall not steal. i got to ask this because okay, I've please. counseled a lot of young people over the years. Wow. I mean... 50 years on the mission field and all the, uh, the young men and women, college students, you know, wherever we've gone, they're ministering and, and young people. Uh, what if... Can we have a name, please? No. <laughs> what if, for example, it, it's not a matter of I, I don't, I didn't know that it was wrong, but that I am 
I actually deny that it's wrong. I, I knowingly, it's a, yeah. I, maybe you see what I mean. Right, or not. I understand. God wants me to be happy, so I'm going to divorce my wife and six children and run off my secretary because God wants me to be happy. So I don't think that's wrong. Do you think that's wrong? <laughs> and so there's this justification right, thing. Sure. Uh, That's the truth. He knows it's wrong. Okay. So the truth is, I, I, well, God knows whether He no, knows I mean, it or the guy not. Doing but it sure, knows it's wrong. Yeah. Okay. So, so, he so it's not it. just living in denial. It's it's actually not knowing, just yeah. truly, genuinely. Well, and, and God knows the, the example difference, I gave sure. during the break. Okay. And this is the example I'm giving is actually an example from Jewish writings. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let's suppose a guy did not know it was a Sabbath, and the Jews are not supposed to work on Sabbath uh-huh, the Sabbath. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But he goes out and he chops wood all day, and after he says, somebody says, you know, today's a Sabbath, and he says, it is. Well. God says you shall not work on the Sabbath, but I did, but I did it unintentionally. Unintentionally, you see. But if he does it intentionally, ah, now you're changing things. Yes, very good. Oh, is this? Does this mindful of that story of the guy who was chopping wood or something it, on the Sabbath? Yeah, and and he. Yeah. Yeah, he knew was he executed. Said, yeah. Wow. Uh, but, but okay. Mm. So what we have here. Is we have the difference? You made a great example. If he knew it was Sabbath and he didn't, well, that's something uh-huh. different. And, okay. Uh, and so what we have is, uh, uh, did you want to see if somebody has the answer to that one question? Oh, yeah, yeah let's do it before you uh, give it away, uh-huh. give away the farm there. Let's go and talk with Robert. He's calling in and kind of, hopefully, Robert, you're going to clear up some of these questions we're having. It's, uh, it is interesting to consider the. Uh, redemptive work of, of Messiah on the cross from the point of view of these instructions that were given about offerings and forgiveness and so on in the uh, book of Leviticus. I hope you're going to have a thought for us as well. Robert, good to talk with you. Are you there? I guess you are. Uh, sir, can you hear me? Yeah, now we hear you now just we fine. Can hear you. Good so to hear you. played with the button some more, now we can hear you. <laughs> well, so uh, <laughs> what is it you wanted to comment on or answer or give a thought about? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, yes, sir, the the uh, kosher diet. Okay. Uh, Peter Peter had a vision in Joppa. Yes. Uh, of the east. Well, of the, of what the God said, what God called clean don't call unclean. And at the Council of Jerusalem, they told the Gentiles to abstain from fornication and meat sacrifice to idols or the blood was with it or something like that. Ah. So are they released from a kosher diet or or, or what's with that? If you read that. <laughs> what's act, with that? Act, That's a good question. Hey, hey, hey what, what's, what's with up, that? Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> uh, Actually, Robert, I'll tell you something. If you go back in the, what is that, Sophie, is that chapter Fifteen, the book of Acts is the council. Okay, uh, which is chapter ten? He's talking about where it says he has. I believe it is when yeah. when when uh, Peter is at his house and, uh, and he has, Cornelius he's on the and he has this vision. Yeah, and it has a vision of this okay. sheet with animals right. in it. If you look at that very closely, Robert, may I suggest? I'd love to. After you read it, maybe you can call Sophie back next week when I'm not here. <laughs> but. Uh, Actually, if you look I think at he it, set you'll me see up for something, something there. You'll see that it's not referring to food. It's referring okay. to Peter talking about it's okay to recruit the Gentiles because uh, if I said they're okay, then they're okay. You actually, if you read the complete chapter, 
you'll see it's referring to them and using only food as an example or a symbol. That's the point that he's making there, yes, okay. was, was uh, because okay. Cornelius, yeah. he was asking Peter to go visit him, and yes. that does come. But it is it is a very interesting, I think you're right there, uh, It is Robert, it is a very interesting vision that Peter has. I mean, here he is, a, a good yeah. Jesus-loving, God-loving Jewish person, and, and, and God says, what I've called clean, don't you call unclean? And but it does seem like Jacob is right there because the the point he is, God is actually making with him, is the idea that Cornelius, a Gentile, is asking him to come, and they send a messenger, and 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 Peter hesitates to go because it's a Gentile, and that is actually the point he's making. I I, I agree with that, but it's a very interesting, very intriguing passage, truly. So, uh, does, but that helps a little bit, right? You can look at it and read it, and sure, you, you and, understand. And sure, sure. Uh, just, anyway. I don't think, if I understand correctly, I don't think Peter was in any way recommending a non-kosher menu. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, Peter yeah. probably was kosher his entire life, mm-hmm. but he's. But I yeah. think God was saying, "Well, yeah, it's okay. You know, you can talk." God had to rule that the the, the Gentiles could are always welcome. Uh-huh. Uh, quite frankly, if you read chapter 10, you'll notice that it says that uh, Peter had a good reputation. Cornelius among, had a good reputation. I'm sorry, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. pardon me. Cornelius had a good reputation. So that was not the issue. It, the law they're talking about that, as you shall not have a law, is a Roman law, not a Jewish law. Because the Roman law was if a Jew converted a Roman the Roman would lose his estate and everything, but the Jew got killed. So that's why Peter was telling, warning them about yeah. if he goes into their home. It's not because Jews didn't want to have supper or didn't have a meal on, with there the Gentile, but this law. would endanger Everybody the Gentile. Everybody there, Cornelius and all of his guests, would have lost all their estates. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that is a helpful insight. It really is, Robert. Thanks for calling in. I'm glad you give sure. us a call. That's, a, that's an insight I think that a lot of us don't know about that particular story, but it is relevant to this uh, of sin offerings and, and, and dietary laws and so on that we have. Now, where were we uh, talking, talking about? We're talking about the sin offering okay. in chapter 4. Chapter 4, sin offering. So, so, we, so we know for sure. Sin offering is it's unintentional. Unintentional. That's why Jesus said, he said, forgive them, they know not what they're doing. He didn't say forgive them, they know exactly what they're doing because any any person that's familiar with uh, chapter four, they could or not the be forgiven. Yeah. You would say, "Oh, wait a minute, he got it wrong." But he, Jesus, got it right. So he usually that's, does. That's doesn't it. He? Yep. Okay. Well, then, then is there no uh, provision made in the uh, sacrificial system here in Leviticus? There is no provision for intentional, except for repentance and restitution. And you said, uh, "Well, yes." Okay. A person could be forgiven if they just made a, a bad decision and they repent. They know it was wrong. Lord, I, I, please forgive me. And they, they make it right. Is that the idea? Or is there just no forgiveness? No, no. There's absolute forgiveness. But the problem is they want the way this is set up is they want you to know that the punishment of sin, whether you know it or not, is still wrong. So you're doing a sacrifice for sin that I didn't know, but I probably did because we all sin. Right? Uh-huh. So, so what's going on is, what's happening is a sin that you don't know. I'll give you an example. Want an example? Good. Okay. 
Uh, Although I could probably give you a better one out of my own life. But, okay, you go ahead. Well, uh, I don't want oh, Are you going to give this personal example? Of, no. Oh, okay, no, come it's on. It's going to be biblical. Come but on. But here's a catch. Okay. So, in the Ten Commandments, it says, Be sure to honor your mother and father so that you may live long upon the land. Okay. So it's got a, something tied to it. A uh, promise. Yeah. Oh, yeah, promise. So you're doing, you're doing the honor and you get something, okay? So it's got a, something tied to it. Now, is that called quid pro quo? Is I it? hope so. <laughs> and, and I hate to use those words no, in the current it's, climate. It's a very but, okay. common legal phrase, okay, okay. and everybody in the world I know does it. Okay. But anyway, but the point is, the, uh, the but then the other one is, when you take the eggs from a nest, you shall wave your hand, and the mother bird shall run away, and you can take the nest so that you may live long up on the land. It's exactly the same. It's funny the, the 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 behavior though doesn't seem. I mean, one is honoring your mother and father, right, which yeah. seems very serious and yeah, important, right. and and then the other one is just kind of a trivial thing. Of, well, so a bird will run. You wave your hand, they run. Uh-huh. In other words, we're not supposed to know what sin is worth one point and what's worth ten. We're not supposed to be able to make that judgment. You're supposed to be able to say sin well, is sin. Sin is sin. Now, in other words, so I've done a sin that. I probably sinned and didn't know about. So we have one item that's a sin offering, uh-huh. and that's for things we don't know. Uh-huh. But a sin is a sin is a sin. Okay. Then there's the sin that I've done wrong by doing something else that I should not have done, that I knew I should have done, but I didn't. Then there's the other category of what we call, many times in the Bible, they call willful sin uh-huh. or intentional. Now, the way they translate that in English is this. They'll use the word sin, iniquity, and transgression. Sin is means unintentional. Iniquity means intentional against your fellow human being. Transgression means intentional or possibly even unintentional against God. Those are different things. We're not just finding different words to use for the same action. So you have sin, iniquity, and transgression. So you have those different things. It's telling you that's the ch- word choice that the translators have used. And what they're really telling you is, like, there's a sin that you're going to do that you just don't even know you did, but you're still guilty. If you did it, you still committed a sin. So whatever we call it, it's a sin. In heaven, it's a sin. And then there's a sin that you've done. And that's where you become, when you realize it, you say, oh, man, I did do that. Now you're guilty. And you realize you're guilty, so that takes a personal acknowledgement inside of your own mind and soul. That, you know, I did do that. I'm guilty. Now we got a guilt offering. Oh, I see. Okay, that's the guilt, the, yeah. um, the, the guilt offering. Yeah, that's so, required. Uh, Leviticus that's right. chapter that's, 5. That's right. So what's well, happening is... Well, then, let me ask you this. The, now, but let's go, I want to go to your Okay, go, okay, go. For intentional. What do we do for intentional? In intentional... Is that called a sin offering or guilt no, the guilt offering is where I come to my realization that I did Okay, do it. you I, realize after you the fact. You have a sin yeah. offering that I don't know exactly what I did, but I know I did something. Okay. And if I did a sin, I'm as guilty for that sin as anything else. But I don't know what. Okay. So I got this sin offering. Then I got this one where I did something, and I said, you know, I've come to the realization I did do that. Now I know I did it, so now I do the guilt offering because I am guilty of that. One sin is like, so you don't know, but you did something. But the other one is you did it and you realize you did it, okay? 
Uh -huh. Then we have, we're going to go all the way to the category of intent. Okay, now then, I've got to ask this, though, because let's take it uh, uh, today, for example, let, let's say someone has a behavior they know is wrong, drunkenness, yeah. um, uh, 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 some other addiction. Um, I, I know, you know, opioids or, or cocaine or, or anything, or any kind of addiction or, 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 or a, a behavior that's that's wrong they know it's wrong, and yet they're they keep doing it. You know, habitual, and, and, and they can't escape it. It's just a, an impulse that they can't resist. What is that called? That would be, as the way I understand it, unintentional. Because if it's taking away your will and discretion, because you're so addicted you can't make a decision, then it certainly is unintended. Wow. Well, that's a fine line, isn't it? No, not for me. It seems. I mean, I'm, I don't have any problem. I will tell you one. Though, you're, and I'm you're assuming get that God for you. How about if you're a smoker? There you go. That's that's say well. smoker. That's that is violating the commandment that you shall not kill yourself. Yeah, well, it doesn't say self. It says you shall not. Uh, oh, kill. I, I get it, it but that's the idea that you're yourself. saying. You're going it. Yeah. But isn't about everything we do in life. In some way contributing to our death. <laughs> I mean, if you eat, if you, I mean, if, if you do almost anything, well, we're headed to die anyway. So everything we're doing is contributing to it. We're and, right, and your body will tell on you. <laughs> that's true, but I, I guess that that's that's always been uh, when we get into talking about this. And and I think a lot of folks have that besetting sin. You know, in the Hebrews, it talks about uh, even the sin. Um, in the, what is it? Hebrews twelve. There, it talks about um, even the besetting sin, the the sin, the habitual sin, the one that overcomes our our. our we, you know, it could be anything: uh, overeating, gluttony. It could be uh, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. It could be uh, pornography addiction. It could be some uh, sexual addiction uh, that people have. And I've always wondered, you know, because I think all of us have struggled against sin in our lives and said, well, you know, Lord, I don't want to do this. I, you know, I have a, I have a tendency to lie. I have a tendency to pad my resume. I have a tendency to to make, try to make myself look good or whatever. There are all of these things that we, I know I've struggled against some stuff in my, in my life, and, I, and I, I don't want to do it, and yet I do it anyway, like Paul says in, in the book of Romans. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Oh, who can deliver me from this body of death? And he says, thanks be unto God for Jesus, the sacrifice. Okay, and all. So, but I don't uh, know how, how that would, would fit in the uh, Levitical in pattern. Yeah, so what we have here is we have a situation where you have a sin you don't know, you have a sin you recognize that you did, and it goes all the way to intentional. But none of these animals are for intent. Uh -huh. So how do you deal with the intent, which was your question? Okay, yes, exactly. So how you deal with it is it takes repentance. I'm assuming that's what it always takes. Repentance. Oh. And repentance is not just... It, let, me, let me see if I get this right. Repentance means turning around, turning, changing of mind, a changing of attitude... And actually changing the, the, word in Hebrew, the behavior, for example. Teshuva. In other words, you must recognize you did wrong. You have to make recompense. You have to apologize to God, shall we say. And then you have to turn around, as you say, and not do it again. Because that's how you demonstrate that you're really sorry. If you keep doing it, you're not sorry. 
Even if it's an addictive behavior. I didn't say that. Now, if it's taking away your free will, then you've got a situation where Boy. it's something different. Yeah. If it got, I mean, there's more than one kind of alcoholic. Some are like binging alcoholics that enjoy it. Some get so, their body craves it so bad they lose their absolute control. I think there's a difference there. I can see the difference. Mm-hmm. But so, but the intent. Now, how is it that in the uh, modern world we have a situation where if a guy says, I robbed a bank, and somebody says, well, Jesus died for your sins. It's all forgiven if you... That's an intriguing example you give us there. You know? Jesus died for your sins. As long as you just say you're sorry, go on and be forgiven and be happy. So you're saying that's not going to be necessarily the right in a strict reading understanding. of what it says in Leviticus and the strict reading where Jesus said on the cross, he didn't say intent. So if I go rob a bank and I do it, I plan it, I did it, it's premeditated, technically that would not be covered. You know, we're not just talking theory here, folks. We're talking, this is very close and near to all of us about forgiveness and struggling against sin and against uh, these things. So we really need to get to this. And I, I think what it comes down to is really repenting. Is there a real heart of repentance? In our heart, and I don't know if anyone really truly knows that. Is the Lord, of course, I'm going to trust that He knows the difference. But uh, let's talk about it some more. We'll come back for our final segment from the book of that Leviticus. Question we started with. Okay. Uh, 210-340-9585. If you'd like to be like Robert, give us a call and give us a thought about this very important topic of forgiveness and cleansing and sacrifice and what. Uh, what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross and understanding it more thoroughly than perhaps we ever had. So don't go away again, and uh, we will be right back. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. They call Jesus. All right, these are our our what converted Christmas tunes. Uh, some secular songs, Did of course. You, you recognize that? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, and uh, so we've got we baptized them, right? We wrote some new lyrics to some of those old Christmas okay. songs. So let's take a quick look at some. Okay, of these things. let's do that. Now, look, you were talking. You brought up something about. Uh, the two boys of Aaron dying, right? Right. Their clothes are holy. Their clothes left. But they got burnt up. Now, yes. Right after that, we got the section about the kosher animals. So it's telling you something that kosher is important. Because if you're going to eat 
stuff is not kosher, you're sort of doing like the boys did. They brought a strange fire. Uh-huh. Do you want to know what the Jews understand that's about? Yes, I do. That's about they were drunk. Okay. And they were drunk, and I think, if I understand correctly, the fire w- that they were supposed to use out of the um, brazen altar, they were to take the coals that, re- that were perpetually burning, always burning, and they were to use those in their uh, buckets for the incense, right? And they didn't evidently use that, follow the command of God about the coals and the fire that they were to, supposed to use. That You correct me I think, if I'm wrong there, but I think that was it. But you're saying the reason they did that was because they were negligent, they were drunken, and... and well, look, look at verse chapter 10, uh-huh. verse 10. Look what it says. All right. 1010, okay. It says, uh, you must distinguish between what is sacred and what is common, between what is ceremonially unclean and what is clean, and you must teach the Israelites all the decrees that the Lord has given them through Moses. You you went on, but I don't know why the word ceremonial is in there. Okay. That that doesn't exist. But uh, anyway, the point is, it says, uh, you must distinguish between the sacred and the profane. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So they want you to make decisions. This guy, these two boys were not, at, were not, they were imbued and taught. Uh-huh. They did something intentional. Ah. And they, let's say they picked the wrong fire, but they were also drinking. The Jews understand that they were drinking and drunk. Okay. Now, something very interesting happens in this, and it goes back to your idea of willpower. Uh-huh. Let's say the guy is intentionally going out and using drugs, and he knows what he's doing. He's not addicted, so he's making a decision. That's one thing. But let's say a guy is, pardon me, so addicted that he can't control it. He's lost his will. He just doesn't have the will, the heart to do stuff. He can't control himself anymore. Well, we have an example coming up in this chapter. Look at what happened in chapter 10, verse uh, 16. Sure, the other two sons of Moses, uh, Eliezer and Ithamar, they didn't... He just instructed them, if I was looking at this... In ch- earlier in the chapter, he tells to them where they're supposed to eat this particular sacrifice. Okay. He tells them, uh, said to Aaron and his remaining sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, take what is left of the grain offering after a portion is presented as a special gift to the Lord and eat it beside the altar. Make sure it contains no yeast, for it is most holy. You must eat it in a, eat it in a sacred place. Okay, but did they do that? It, no. Okay, now look what it says. What I want to get to is the you, your issue was, what about if somebody does something, then they're, they don't have the will or they're addicted? Okay. So let's look at verse 16. It says, Moses inquired insistently, incessantly about the, the goat of the sin offering. Uh-huh. For behold, it had been burned, and right. he was very upset with Elazar and Ithamar. Because they were just told they had to eat it in a certain certain place. And and Aaron's remaining son said, well, we didn't do it. And then what happened is, look at verse uh, 19. Uh Aaron spoke to Moses. Now, they didn't do it. Uh Aaron was supposed to do it. If not, he's supposed to make sure his boys do it. Uh 19 says, Aaron spoke to Moses. Was it they... Who this day offered their sin offering and their elevation offering before God. Now such things befell me 
were to I eat this sin offering, would God approve? And look what it says. 20, verse 20. Chapter 10, verse 20. Moses heard and he approved. In other words, as we were discussing during the break, Aaron just lost two of his sons. Uh-huh. He didn't have the will, the heart to do what he's supposed to do. He knew what he was supposed to do, but he was a is he was so overwhelmed he lost his will. Okay, to see if I understand that he, they didn't follow the direction as to what they were to eat this particular sacrifice there in this particular place that was commanded of them, and he said, uh, "Yet this tragedy has happened to me. I've lost my sons." If I had eaten the people's sin offering on such a tragic day of this, would the Lord have been pleased? In other words, he he didn't have the, he had no appetite. He had no his heart was not in that, and because he had lost, he was grieving. He lost his sons, exactly. and so you're saying. And then we see there that Moses heard this and was satisfied. Um, so that that's the example you're talking about of exactly. like a habitual. So, so if a guy is so overwhelmed with drugs, he can't have will. Then God would understand because hmm. you know, even Moses heard and said, you know, hey, look at verse 20. Look at that short sentence. Moses heard and he approved. Uh-huh. In other words, he said, you know, I understand why you didn't do it. You were to do it, but you didn't have the will to do it because your children, two boys just died. Yeah. Okay. So we got something going on here. So we, now we know about if you, to answer your question, if a guy just loses his will, we have to be understanding about that because he no longer can make a conscious decision. Well, when it comes to this from the New Testament, uh, I'd like to kind of outline that how we look at this this whole area of forgiveness and cleansing uh, in the New Testament and see how it lines up with this. And, and, and what we understand, what we've come to understand is that Jesus the Messiah is, as John the Baptist said, the, the Lamb of God who takes away sin. And so that he... Uh, his death on the cross, he atoned for all of my sins. And when I put, place my faith and trust in Christ and trust him and, and surrender my heart and life to him, then all of my sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. In other words, sin is no longer an issue in terms of my relationship with God. However, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I still make mistakes. I still make intentional, sometimes, and even unintentional mistakes. And you make them sometimes because you just don't have the thing inside of right? you to do it. Yeah, and I, I lack strength. I lack understanding. And, and, I, but, and so what we understand is that all of our sins, past, present, and future, are already atoned for and forgiven in Christ so that the sin now as a believer is no longer a threat or a detriment to my relationship well, with God. That's but that's true. But, the, but that the sin can, as a believer, it is detrimental and harms my fellowship with God, which we well, make a that's distinction. A, that's a dimension that's very important. Is that is that somewhat accurate? To well, okay, let's say, let's use your example, and let's say, look, we got the one sin offering for things I didn't even know that I did, but I surely did them. Uh-huh. So, but a sin is a sin for God. It's a sin is a right. sin is a uh-huh. sin. So there are things I didn't do that I should have done that I didn't even know I did. So I make one offering for that. So I make my first. That says I must make my acknowledgement. I did it. That takes a conscious decision that I know I'm a sinner. I've done stuff. Well, now I'm going to do the illustration of offering this lamb for things I didn't even know. And then there's the one where I realize, oh, man, I did do that. I am guilty of that, my guilt offering. Then you got the example we just looked at with Aaron. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to do it, but I, 
I just don't have the will. I'm addicted to this out drugs, perhaps, or he was so overwhelmed by the death of his kids, he just couldn't do it. And Moses says, yeah, that's okay, I understand. Now, we got all that. Now, so you, you have all that. Now, with your example of Jesus on the cross, Let's go ahead and address this other. Would question. that be more like the atonement, the Lamb of Atonement, the Day of Atonement Lamb, the the covering the sins of the people as they repent? In other words, the, in other words, the way we way we kind of teach it and understand it from the New Testament is that uh, Christ is our atonement Lamb; that we are forgiven, we're placed in right, we're placed in right relationship with God. Through the work of Jesus the Messiah, by his stripes we're healed, we're yeah, cleansed, yeah, and so yeah. But that now as God's people, the relationship is solid and based and unchangeable because it depends entirely on who Jesus was and what he accomplished on our behalf. Whereas our fellowship, our experience of our of our our, our, our sonship, our experience of joy and relief and and contentment in, in Christ, that can change due to the way we deal with sin in our life, and there we're called upon to confess, homologeo, say the same thing that God says about our sin is part of the confession process where, in other words, that's the means, that's the step of faith by which we bring the forgiveness we already have in Christ, right, how we bring that down into modern, our experience. That, is that a, is that's, that a, a, that's a very wonderful example from the Christian perspective. I agree with that. I, okay. I, I, okay. I, I wonder how it lines up with... Well, because everything that these land, these sins we're talking about, the sins I'm doing, what I don't know I did, mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm, did, but I acknowledge mm-hmm, I did it. Mm-hmm. Every one of the things you just mentioned are already in here. Everything's in Leviticus. I, uh, I, I've i made the decision. I know I've done something that I shouldn't have done. I don't know what it was, but I did. It was unintentional. I must have, so I did. So I got that. Then I got the one where I realized, oh, man, I did do that. I'm guilty. Then you got all these others. So all those things d- is part of what was taking place for the Christian uh-huh. in Jesus. Okay, right. Here, but but did, did did Jewish people, for example, here in Leviticus in that era or that time, or even perhaps even today, I don't uh, know. Uh, I'm assuming that. I guess in my mind, I'm assuming that they too had the understanding that. We all sin. We all make oh, mistakes. It's right there in the book. Yeah. And we, we continue. Even though we you love God, see. even though we love God and we want to obey well, God, okay. yeah, we well, still make mistakes. Love has nothing to do with sinning. Uh, no, I'm talking about the sincerity of our heart uh, toward yeah. God, though. Well, I'm okay. In other words, we're not just you trying to pull one over on God. We're not just trying to get away. But even as a sincere, godly person who loves God. The answer it, to your question is, do we still yes, make mistakes? of course they realize. Okay. God's been teaching them. He gave them a system here. You bring your sheep, your uh-huh. sheep, uh, and you do it because you're making an announcement. I've sinned. I've done something God said not do that I didn't do, whatever it is. So that's one category of sin, and as I said, the others. But yes, of course they understood. But my question is, if this is in place, and this does everything you've just outlined from the Christian uh-huh. thought, why was it necessary for to bring Jesus later and do it on the cross, and would you like my suggested answer? Okay. Right. I, I'd like to hear your suggested answer. Because of this, we're going to the, re- number one, we're going to the result. A sin is a sin is a sin. And most non-Jews are not taught the Bible. They're not taught the what you call the Old Testament. Uh-huh. They're not taught God's laws. So they don't know what God's laws is, number one. So if they don't know, obvious it's unintentional. 
Okay. Number two, not everybody could be at Mount Sinai that day. There were some Jews and other people. Yeah, about two and a half million. Okay, so we, we got that. However, with a lot of folks back in Egypt still, right? And in, uh, everywhere many people around. today were yeah. not at Mount Sinai. Okay. Uh-huh. Maybe some guys in New Jersey, maybe in Hong Kong. I don't know. But they weren't there. So they don't know all these rules. They don't know this. And this was given to the people that were at Mount Sinai. That mm-hmm. included, and there's a section that said, this is for the Jew and the ones that travel with you. In other words, the non-born Jew, but he's a believer in God. And follows the same rituals, the same laws. So he's into, but not everybody was there. There was a lot of pagans. Well, they didn't know how to do it. I'm going to suggest this. Two things. They don't know what God's laws are, so it's unintentional, number one. Number two, they get the idea that Jesus took care of it for you. Uh So you don't have to know all these rules. For example... When you go to uh, someplace that you've been to, where is it, Turkey, wherever you went to, uh-huh. uh, you didn't go there and say, I need you guys to really understand the technicalities of this. You didn't get that. They didn't want that. Right. They just want to know that there's a method. And the idea was, the result is, I've done some stuff wrong. It does forgive. Yes. Uh-huh. It does forgive. Like you said, uh, what they discovered at the base of Mount Sinai is Jehovah, the right. God of Abraham, so Isaac, is a God who forgives. Yeah. That's right. So here's what you're telling them is that Jesus came, number one, for the non-Jews and the people, and including the ones that were at Mount Sinai. Right. At Mount Sinai, these rules were given to the Jews and the ones that traveled with them. So they, and it says the, one, the natural born and the one not born. Uh-huh. But they're all the same with God. So these rules applied because it says... As they entered that covenant with God, they became, all of them, all of them. the people of God. They became part of Israel, uh-huh. the people of God, as you say. So, and it says, and actually back in chapter 1, it says, if a, it says, say to the sons of Aaron, so we know it's going to be the sons of Aaron, then it says, if a man, it doesn't say if a Jew, mm-hmm. it says if a man, and actually it means men or women, but if that's what happens, then you don't have to be Jewish to do this. You right. see, there's even a spot in Isaiah uh-huh. where it says, uh, my house will be called a house of prayer for everybody, all the nations. Remember that? Uh-huh, Same uh-huh. idea right here. So, but what happens with a person that hasn't been at Mount Sinai or been exposed to this? They don't know what to do. They're, maybe they're in Africa. Maybe they're in China. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, they're in Australia. So they don't know anything about this. But they, you, you tell them that, look, you are a pagan, but now you're not a pagan. Because you just believe Jesus did this, and he took care of it. So it's concentrating on the result, not the action. For example, if a guy punches a guy in the nose, he means to punch him in the nose. But he doesn't mean to kill him. And that's actually a real situation that I was familiar with 20, 25 years ago. A guy punched a guy in the nose. He didn't mean to kill him, but he did. So he did the act, but he did not mean the result. So with God, a sin is a sin is a sin. So, number one, all the people that are really are not taught what God's laws are. They, let's fix it. They don't know. Mm-hmm. Not very often. And so, but you're going to do it. So, it, it is unintentional. If it is unintentional, then a lamb does take care of it, you see. See? And then you got all these people. Now, Jesus did one thing I want to point out. I was, uh, you know, the, the college professor was here with us one uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, I, I was talking to him. Uh, we... I had a bite to eat a week ago, 
And I said to him, I said, you know one thing about Jesus? He did something just remarkable for the world. And his name is Mike, and he said, what's that? And I said, no matter what we think of him, whether we think he's divine or just a really swell guy, whatever, no matter what, he did something for the non-Jewish world. Oh, no doubt about that, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you something you didn't think about. He stopped human sacrifice. You think about it. No longer do you have to kill your child. No longer do you have to kill a virgin. He said, from now on, just take me. Except it's me that did it for you. You no longer have to kill your children. And the idea is that at Mount Sinai, uh, I'm sorry, when Abraham was going to offer Isaac, the Jews take that as, the idea is you never kill your children. But the idea didn't catch on because there was a lot of surrounding nations that still killed the children. Uh, uh-huh. But when Jesus came along and did it, what he really did for the non-Jewish world, for the pagan world... He did away with that idea that we have to kill our children. You don't have to kill your babies anymore. Uh, Remarkable, yeah. And and see, nobody stops to think. I I think that's a remarkable feat he achieved. (laughs) Among many others, yes, I get it. Well, that is so interesting. I'm trying to make the comparison here with, with our understanding of... Perhaps we each have, you see, the people there at the base of Mount Sinai, those those who truly covenanted with God, when God says, if you, and those in their hearts said, I, I want to follow you, the true and living Actually, God, says, I, that was their conversion. Just to get technical, it says, just before God spoke the commandments, you know what they said? It says in the Bible, uh, we'll do it. In other words, they agreed to do it before they heard it. The hearts were yeah, the hearts the, were there. Yes. Com- committed to God. Yeah. Now then, and so that kind of gives me an understanding. I'm I'm thinking about what you've often said is that the laws of God were not ever intended for conversion. Nope. They had already converted by when they surrendered their and covenanted with God to obey whatever you said. The laws of God were intended to guide them as God's people. This is how you are to live and treat each other, and how you are right. to. As God's people. The Tanakh, or Old Testament as it's called, that's about how to live on earth. As God's people. And your relationship with other people and Mm -hmm. your relationship on earth towards God Uh has nothing to do with getting to heaven. But it's for God's people. They refer to guide us in the way we... So maybe that kind of ties in with what I'm saying about we come to our own Mount Sinai experience when we come... When I was eight years old, and I just, I realized that I was a sinner and that I needed I like a savior. What you said that you have your own Mount Sinai experience. I covenanted with God and became a part of the people of God, and now and sinned as no longer as that's my salvation. That's that means I'm part of God's people. I'm going to heaven, but then after that, it has been I'm learned how to live as God's son and God's child. I'm, I'm, I'm. God is teaching me, guiding me, enabling me, empowering me to be and live as He wants me to. And when I do make a mistake and sin, it's not because uh, that doesn't mean you know. Well, now I'm going to hell, or now I'm not saved because I sinned. But it's that's when I confess. I agree with God. Say the same thing that God says about my sin and about its reality, about its disastrous, harmful results to my life and the life of others, about its remedy in the cross of Jesus and the, the promise of God's Spirit well, we have the to example. remove the sin from let's, my life. Let's, let's example, an intent. 
I have to make, I'm remorseful, I realize I did wrong, and we know, like other places, for example, in Deuteronomy, I steal, a, I steal a hundred bucks from you. I spent You did? Well, well I want that back, I got, with interest. I gotta give you back the hundred bucks I took from you, but due to myself, what I did to you, I gotta give you another hundred, uh-huh. and if I do not have two hundred, uh-huh. Then I have to go to work for you, but I don't have to work off 200. I just have to work off the 100 that I took. But during that time, you got to teach me. But that was an intentional act. Look what you've done. I've accepted what I did wrong. I'm going to correct my actions either by paying it or working it mm-hmm. off. And you're going to teach me right from wrong. So all that kind of stuff, that's intentional, you see. That's handling with your actions for intent. Well, see, that's what God does. That's the whole idea. We're looking at First John one nine. He says, "If we can, and John in that epistle, he's talking to believers. He's not talking to uh, pagans or you know people who don't believe and uh, not following. He's talking to Christians. Now you can see it in the context of First John. And he, but then he tells them, if we confess our sin as Christians, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from confess? all unrighteousness. The word confess in Greek homologeos. It means if we say the same thing that God says about our sin, I should say I believe in different sex marriage. If that's what you're driving at, okay. Uh, that no, I would. I'm joking. You said okay, me. okay. But so I always taught what we teach the young men and women at Lactal when we talk about how to confess and experience our forgiveness and cleansing right, in Christ. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's not a new oh, forgiveness. Shoot. It's how to experience the forgiveness. Time. That we have. So I'm going to be gone. Uh, time to, is already gone. Yes, Bye. and so I'm going to have to say, always be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. And I always like to hear you say that. Thanks for being with us, folks. Next week we are reading, beginning the Gospel of Matthew, and hopefully have a really good special guest next week that you'll enjoy hearing from. All right, give us a listen next Sunday evening. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.